all of a sudden he's looking at these these three girls who've clearly been murdered hanging on his wall and then it cuts to a girl down by his feet like giving him like a foot massage i was like what is he into here for a second and like why is he staring this dude's a freak man if he's staring at a bunch of you know old case files of women that have been murdered and then there's some girl like sucking on his toes or something like that's what I, that was my first thought yeah. <laughs> i was like this is this took a turn i was really confused you're listening to the racking focus podcast hey welcome back to the racking focus podcast i'm josiah blizzard and i'm john doyle and we're going to talk today about the little things uh, which is currently playing on HBO Max through uh, February 28th, 2021. Yeah, so you don't have that much time to watch this movie, so get on it. Can you get a free... We're not sponsored by HBO Max. No. I really wish we were, but can you get a, a, like I, a free 30-day trial? I don't know. If like, they, what do if, they do? I, I would assume there's got to be some deal with that, but yeah. they just want people on this because of all the movies that are going to be yeah. releasing one after the other, so we'll be talking about HBO Max regularly uh, because that's where the things that aren't in the theaters or yeah. are in the theaters are going to be. Um, and I would say too, I don't think this is the last time it'll be on HBO max. No, I, I think it's coming back. Most so likely. you can watch yeah. it and watch it over the next two weeks and yeah. sure. Try get your trial, but yeah. Or get uh, a friend's login or something. Right. Know, something like, well, whatever. whatever. Good. That's great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this is spoiler filled guys. So if you do not want this movie ruined for you, which it will absolutely be ruined for you, whether you listen to us or you watch the trailer, it will be ruined for you. All right. That's exactly right. So if you've seen the trailer, you've seen a lot more than you think you've seen. Um, we just rewatched it to kind of refresh because I haven't seen it for three days. You it's have, five, you've, it's been five for you. Um, so there may be some gaps in our conversations as far as, like we'll see it's going to come back yeah. i anticipate it's going to come back yeah well let's uh let's dive into this and i just i guess want to ask first what did you think overall <laughs> <laughs> so i so i'm, I'm uh, you know uh, in my letterbox review i talked very specifically about my number one experience of this and mm -hmm. that is it felt to me like seven light it felt like the movie seven like without seven. the style right like a dial set right the diet, diet seven, seven up Diet seven um, up, yeah. It's just uh, diet seven down. That's, yeah, that's yeah, like that's... a double whammy of a joke. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just felt like it was walking the same path. Like the plot points are very similar. It yeah. just lacked a lot of the visual style and ultimately the weight of the emotion between the characters and the con the weight of consequence. I feel like yeah. this movie is a, a film without significant consequence for anyone. We don't get outcomes at all. We, I mean, this is a film where it it really feels like the characters could have changed and then they didn't. You know what I mean? I do. Like Denzel Washington's character, uh, Deke Deacons, uh, he's the same man at the beginning of this film as he is at the end, and because of his actions at the end of the film, honestly, uh, Rami Malek's character is practically the same person as well it feels like it feels like because of that consequence it doesn't exist that he's he's able to just go back to the life he was living before the incident. yeah the consequence for him is removed completely and when i think about seven right it's that gunshot that takes place at the end yes not to spoil seven but there's a gunshot at the you end you haven't seen seven i, I mean, guess it's, it's been a good 30 point. years and like, <laughs> why would you be continuing to listen because i'm using it as my the template for the conversation yeah but it's that gunshot and that gunshot is about a thing that's going to happen after and that's mm -hmm. what that all that scene is about and in this film that same kind of moment takes place mm -hmm. 
the family is threatened, the head is smashed, and mm-hmm. the, the I mean, Rami Malek's character does not ultimately have to bear that burden of that action because it's removed by Deke's action or once right. Washington's right. character's action. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, and you know, I didn't read your review on Letterboxd before I watched because I didn't want to have any sort of That's smart. Uh, you know preconceived notion of what this film's going to be. I didn't watch the trailer on HBO before I watched it. I just went in, you know, thinking that Denzel's going to play a cop. Rami Malek's going to also play a cop. They're probably going to butt heads. And undoubtedly, Jared Leto's going to be the villain in this movie, um, which, you know, is the only thing I think I was wrong about in that the villains in this movie are actually the two cops. And Jared <laughs> Leto's character could be an innocent man. And the movie wants to make that a big deal. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it really, it, it wants to be ambiguous. Right. And it wants you to think you're on the wrong side at the end, but that doesn't ever manifest No, itself. it just resolves with me. Well, it doesn't resolve, really. It just ends with me thinking uh, nobody is right and nobody is wrong, and I don't give a crap about any of these characters or this movie. And I think that the, the last part of your statement is the thing that talks about the difficulty in the movie, right? So yeah. it's okay to walk away from a movie not knowing who's right and wrong, Yeah. right? There's this... Uh, film from Israel called The Policeman I Watched that ends with that very sort of issue, right. except all the characters are compelling. Yeah. And they're growing and changing and battling each other through the whole piece. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you don't know what to choose and you feel uncomfortable. Right. I didn't feel uncomfortable. Because well, that was the purpose of that film. That's exactly right? right. They wanted you to feel uncomfortable at the end and not be able to make the right choice between right or wrong um, or right and right and wrong and right, wrong. Right. Uh, this is kind of like. No, those cops are definitely wrong in those actions. <laughs> and I am now siding with the ultra creepy man who is now in a hole that maybe he didn't deserve to be in. But he, I mean, what he was doing was also wrong. So it's, but again, I don't care right. because I don't care about these characters because there's almost nothing other than Rami Malik's family that makes me care about Rami Malik. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing about Denzel that makes me care. Well, yeah, and, his, he, and his you know the, the character arc these guys go through. Uh, Washington certainly starts with this apprehension about going to the city, right? Mm-hmm. And then as the film progresses, he he joins into this investigation in a way that, to some extent, feels unreasonable. Uh, yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. his role there feels potentially like ethically problematic, or at least procedurally problematic. Yeah. Right, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you have um, Rami Malek's character, who starts looking like he's the, I don't know, the 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 A lister cop, and then enlists this person who is disreputable to the the organization, but also like doesn't belong in the investigation. Right, and they form a relationship that feels completely unearned. Yeah, you know, um, they bonded so quickly, so quickly. And- they didn't I didn't think they really if I maybe I'm just forgetting but it didn't feel like they bonded really over anything other than it felt like um Malik's character was looking up to Deacons in some way right and wanted to 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 learn his ways but it never came it never manifested itself it, and it was so strange right because he, there's that moment that seems to be the thing that's supposed to make us think that there's some relationship change when uh, 
with deacons, right? He goes mm-hmm. across the street up into the place and he finds the sort of lookout, mm-hmm. which is, was done in a strange and certainly not procedurally sound way. Yeah, yeah. He, he could not have touched. I love the fact that Rami Malek yells at people because there's extra fingerprints. Right. And then Denzel Washington <laughs> walks across the street and just grabs every single thing in his other space. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so strange. But that seemed to be something that Malik respected, but it still didn't give the anchor for why he would trust him when in the beginning he's like, why are you talking about me behind my back at my meeting? Yeah. You know, it. I just feel like those those beats, those changes were unearned. And whether that's a directorial choice or a scripting choice or an editing choice, I don't know, but it's the consequence of it. Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a problem. Uh, there's definitely a problem with it. Um, you were right about it feeling very seven-ish. I mean, in my review, I wrote before I read your review, and then I read your review and realized that we were on the exact same page. <laughs> um, I really mentioned that this film felt a little too try-hard in its uh, manner of replicating a Fincher film, right? Yep. I think of, yeah. I mean, I thought of Seven immediately, but then I thought of Zodiac. No, great, um, yeah. Both, I mean, Zodiac is one of my favorite crime films that mm-hmm. I've I've seen. And Fincher, I mean, Fincher is all about precision, right? Like everything Fincher does is it has to be perfect. And this felt like a guy who was trying to to create a Fincher feel without correctly implementing the correct pacing, the correct editing, the correct shot choices, uh, the correct camera mu- movements or the correct music or the lack of music. Right. Right. If we want to talk about music real quick, I want to say I hated the music in this movie. Uh, you mean the completely on the nose music choices? I, I mean the music that was playing at certain points when music should not have been playing. You, you don't mean like songs. You mean background music. I mean, I mean all of it. Okay, like, there is there is all of it. Um, I'm just gonna say the songs were so on the nose. I mean, you could not have more telegraphed like "I'm following you." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Wait a second, we can't play a song that literally describes the action. Yeah, and I know that was supposed to be clever. Right. And we're also listening to this radio station that at the end of the film goes off the air. Like it's supposed Mm. to be some nostalgic tragedy, Mm. but we never are invested in the station because we only hear a couple of songs. And the, uh, you know, the woman who was the, um, uh, the coroner who says, oh, that's a great station. And again, it was the station's death was unearned for me. I never even picked up on any of that. Yeah. Like that was run through it. And this, I mean, Never picked up on it, any of that. If you, if you, so here's the deal. If you took a shot every time the music was on the nose, you would get tipsy. Not drunk. <laughs> there's not enough of that songs in it, but you would get seriously tipsy. Yeah. Um, because it is like literally, it's just speaking straight to the act. Yeah. I, the, you know, the what hit me as far as music was there was a one scene. Um, uh, Malik and Washington were in a car talking together. I mean, which could be like half the movie, right. but. Um, there is one of, one of the scenes, there's a night scene and I just, I just remember this music playing. It wasn't diegetic. It wasn't coming from a stereo. It was just like the score underneath and it was just playing. And I'm not sure why it was playing (laughs) because this would have been a much more powerful moment if it was eerily silent and these two were talking to each other. And it just felt like it just felt like they ne- felt like they needed to fill the gaps, the the silences or the the pauses, and right, and didn't trust it, the acting, which was acting, just fine. Which I mean, you you have casted Washington, Malik, and Leto, uh, and in the trailer, it's like Academy Award winner, Academy Award winner, Academy Award winner, and like just trust these three guys to do the work, 
and it's going to be way it's going to be way, way creepier. It's going to be way creepier. It's going to be way more uh, tension filled if you just let them talk rather than trying to get me to feel something through the music that you're un, uh, laying underneath the, yeah. the acting. Uh, so I hated the music. That's really... Normally, I don't pick up on music. You, you're the music guy. You yeah, pick up I on actually, music all the time. I'll tell you what, while I was watching the film, I said to uh, Lisa, uh, my wife, I said, um, this... Uh, uh, the music's making me nuts, and especially the diegetic music's making me nuts. Yeah, I said, and Josiah is going to notice it this time. I was like, he's, yeah, there's no yeah. way he can avoid it this time. Yeah, normally, um, normally I don't even pick up on it, but this time it was, I, I, it bothered me. It really bothered me, but it wasn't for the same reason that you were bothered. Right, by it's it. interesting. It was, it was it's, good, completely. It was different. just so. I wasn't, and it, like the problem is, someone's going to say that was a bold choice, yeah. but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't right. No, it's a, yeah. it, it's an obvious choice or right. blatant or something like that. Um, so we've talked about uh, some negatives here and there. Um, I want to talk about like one positive being that I absolutely loved Leto's performance in this. I don't know if you felt the same way. I, I think all three actors did a really nice sure. job. With I, what you they know, had. I have, I actually, I have a hard time with, with Denzel, um, just because I, I often see Denzel in this, it feels like the same role a lot. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, maybe it's mannerisms that he has. Right. Um, he doesn't completely transform for me, maybe just because he's he is like your Denzel Washington. Like right. this is your legend, right? As far as acting goes. Uh Leto, I don't know, for me, he like morphs into his character to where he's unrecognizable for me mm -hmm. in, in a lot of things that I've seen him in. Um and Malik is just Malik, and I like I've I like I enjoy watching him too. But again, he's kind of in the same space as Denzel where he is such a unique look that it's hard for me again to not yeah. to not see Malik unless you know I mean I lose him in uh in um Bohemian Rhapsody yeah like completely lose him in that like he is Freddie Mercury in that but uh in this Denzel and Malik actually take a back seat for me to to Leto's well, I think performance. that's I think for sure yeah. yeah agreed um I was just like completely amazed at I mean he's just so utterly creepy in this film um I feel like, you know, his voice has changed. I think they gave him a prosthetic nose. Um, his eyes look different. His he, eyes are really his eyes lo It looks like his he's completely dilated his pupils at mm -hmm. all times, it feels like. Um, and I mean, he normally has long hair in, in real life too, but even his hair was different. They gave him some kind, I don't know if he gained weight for this role and, and gave himself like this well, belly or if he did some kind of Or they packed him up, yeah. He certainly felt like bulked up, right? Yeah. And he had that really interesting walk. The His walk was, was what, fascinating. the walk was the, the final thing that sold it for me. The second he started walking was the uh, the icing on the cake there uh, that really sold his performance. And so I was just really kind of amazed at his, his performance and I knew what he was doing the entire time. Uh, so it didn't really, it's not his fault that his uh, his even his name, dude, Sparma. Right, Albert the last Sparma. name is like just like oh, like yeah, it's I, awful. Yeah, so I mean, he was a creepy dude, but um, I knew what he was trying to get uh, Baxter Malik's character to do, which was hit him with the shovel. Right, you know, um, but we never knew why. I agreed and completely. That's, that's where there's yeah. an issue, uh, and it's not Leto's fault. You know, there's nothing he could have done. It's the screenwriting on that part and even maybe some direction. Uh, although it's both because both the director wrote and directed. So uh, it is Hancock's fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're right. Leto's fascinating to watch. Um, and he is, he is in some ways 
bigger than the movie in his choices, right? Yeah. Because one of the things about both Malick and Washington is, and, and you're talking about them as as like the actor present on the screen, but they also aren't actors that are big about what they do, right? They mm -hmm. work, whether it's internal or subtly, however you want to language that out. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, Leto is out of, of yeah. like he's yeah. big, he's, he's all... Right. performance and actually a lot of the other actors in the film were are in were in that subtle mode right they mm -hmm. were they were pulling back they were playing um intimately i guess is another yeah. way to sort of say that yeah um i i thought washington I, I, there were some things about his work that i thought were interesting he is certainly playing the kind of role he plays right there was a weight i thought he carried that was really very nice mm -hmm. um and i i think it was n interesting to see malik in this um husband role and i don't want to say the watching him as a husband but mm -hmm. that presence was there like i saw that work being done mm -hmm. but again compared to leto they're not yeah doing yeah significant it, it, work it just felt like commitment right like mm -hmm. it feels like you know you cast malik and denzel because those are the type of like those are the type of actors you want because you want people to watch people mm -hmm. like watching them Right. But Leto is like this guy who's just so committed that he's willing to, doesn't matter the project, completely lose himself for the character. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas in Denzel and Malik, it, it doesn't ever feel to me like they're fully ready to just lose themselves unless it's something like Freddie Mercury where you're, you, you have to, right. you have to, because Disappear if you don't, then no one's going to believe it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, as far as acting goes, and don't get me wrong, I, I Washington Malik, like they did a great job. Uh, but I still saw them as, you know, mm -hmm. the actors rather than just the character. Whereas Leto, I was like just so beyond creeped out by this guy that, which which sucks because it's such a it felt like such a waste of a character because I didn't care about the end of this movie. Yeah, I mean, we get to the, <clears throat> I mean, not to jump to the end, sorry, mm -hmm. not to jump to the end, but you know, when we get to that hole digging sequence, uh we don't have enough information because they're trying to make or he's trying to make it ambiguous mm -hmm. to really be able to make choices about um this guy you know um this this yeah. sort of potentially evil person and and as a result the the death feels so flat mm -hmm. and and that undercuts our feeling of resolution about a character who we didn't care about what we care about his existence let's put it that way right yeah yeah exactly and you know it, it makes me wonder you know he, uh, malik's character baxter is still digging these holes right he's digging all these holes up and it makes me wonder how he ever got the job in the first place because i'm not a cop but you know as you know leto's out there sparma has taken baxter out to this desert essentially this this giant dirt uh pit and like he I'm like, dude, this, why are you not picking up on what Sparma's doing here? Mm -hmm. Like, he may have killed her, but I think he really just enjoys screwing with you more than actually murdering people because he is getting off on what he's doing right now to you. And chances are he took you to a completely random place and is now telling you to dig in three different spots, maybe four different spots before you hit him with a shovel. She's not buried out here, man. Like... She's not out here. So why are you gonna? Why are you even doing this to yourself? And so, it, and I know why, but the desperation didn't come across on screen. 
for Malik. Right, because right? it's not earned in any real way. Exactly. You know, there's that moment, and you can, w w one of the weaknesses of the film is that the, the things are telegraphed. So I talked about the music. Mm -hmm. There's a moment when Washington is in the car with Malik, they're sitting together, and uh, whatever message comes through that they don't have the information they need, and he like punches the side of the car, he punches yes, like yeah. the roof. Mm -hmm. And I know, like I was like, oh, they're trying to tell us he's going over the edge. But the going over the edge needs to happen slowly. And like I go back to Seven. Yes, yeah. In, in Seven, we watch the decay of Brad Pitt's character. Mm -hmm. Like from Go, where he is the honorable cop trying to sort yeah. of do the job, like trying to hold on to the yeah. job honorably. And you have this sort of bitter cop, you know, um, right. w who's mentoring in a way, un uncomfortably or mm -hmm. doesn't want to mentor. Um, he breaks down and you watch him step by step. You're saying, oh, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. Yeah. And here I didn't say that. I watched Malik make a friend. Right. I, I watched them commiserate together. I watched them share the intimate story of Washington's so, mistakes. So was it missing a moral compass? Is that what you're saying in a, in a, in a sense? Because like if you look at Morgan Freeman's character in Seven, right. like is he this guy who is like, well, you Brad Pitt should be aiming for this, but actually he's well, going off the rails a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think what, you know, in Seven, I, I, I always think that, that one of, you, you have young idealistic cop and you have damaged cop whose mm -hmm. nose, and, and the conversation is about don't let yourself get destroyed. Like the conversation uh -huh. of that movie is yeah. this the, the world is, and I mean, the big theme of that movie is the world is hard and you have a choice. Mm -hmm. And that the choice can be to be bitter and, and deal and, and survive, or it can be yeah. to let it take hold of you and destroy you. Right. And I mean, in this film, I think some of that's being echoed. We hear them talk about the fact, like, don't don't let it get you. Don't mm -hmm. don't take it in. Yeah. But 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 it's all words. Well, we, that's it's the theme. It's the theme of the movie when uh, the coroner tells that to Deke at at, at that's right. Uh, like, and it was at, it was like televised right like it was like this is here's the theme no, right here's right. the theme of the movie um you got to make a choice between the good guy and the bad guy in you and right now all i'm seeing is the bad guy right, right. she says something like that i'm mm -hmm. like oh, frick well okay we're probably 25 minutes into the movie i know right where we are and this is the theme stated and uh well and when we when we find out what happened with yeah deacon's character when we find out what happened that's horrible yeah that is some bad bad stuff yeah um, it, 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 and and part of it's horrible because the thing that Rami Malek's character Baxter's angry about is essentially what Deacons did, right? So yeah. a girl gets yeah. killed, and we don't find out the murderer because they lie about it, right? And yeah. and that's what we we and and so there's this echo, and that's like interesting. And I would love if they made that the core of the film, and I'll bet you in somebody's head it was. Right, there is probably some kind of a revision or some somewhere that somebody said you should have them confront each other about this problem. This this thing should come to light for right. Malik's character to to have a conversation with Deacons about. There, I mean, that would be more compelling to me than yeah. how the movie ended. So, um, yeah, man, I it, there's, I don't know, it was, well, it, it was problematic. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't dislike watching it, but I certainly didn't like it while I watched it. Like if I can oh, say that it is, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, you, so let, can we talk about, I, I wanna ask you, what did you think about the car chase? The, the oh, highway oh, oh, car oh, chase. Sorry, I'm thinking like, what car chase? Right, well, that's <laughs> um, part of my point. You know, um, I thought that it was too long. Okay, um, yeah. 
I understand what they were doing. He was, I mean, it felt like to me like the director was trying to show how smart Deacon's character is by tailing him. Um, yeah. Well, like he tailed mm -hmm. him really well. Oh, yeah, beautifully. Yeah, like, I mean, you can't get better tailing than that, but the tailing went on for, what, five plus minutes, it felt like? <laughs> um, and there was no... You know, okay, so here's here's where I have issue, too, is he drove past the fence, um, and I understand why he drove past the fence, because he needed to be late. He needed to get there after, um, after uh, Baxter hit him with a shovel, right? Because if he if he would have noticed if he would have gone through that that fencing where the lock was he would have gotten there in time there wouldn't have been an issue, um, but I I don't know there I think there should have been another way that he was late rather than just missing the turn, uh, because right. everything we've seen from uh, Deacon so far, I was actually shocked that he didn't go to that yeah. fence first, mm -hmm. um, because everything we've seen from him has been this attention to detail, the little things. You know that he brings up so often feels like um and you know i don't know I, I i think he should have gone to that fence first it would have made more sense for his character for me for him to be like oh that this feels like the place you know he he's the type of guy it feels like that follows these hunches and he's just never wrong yeah that that end sequence felt very much like it was um a coincidental action yeah. and mm -hmm. or like like film required action yeah um, and then if you think back to the previous i'm going to call it chase again right mm -hmm. where he's he and leto are traveling and and that's at that when they reverse around the exits for a while and we find out he's oh. at the right location yeah there he does a he, he doesn't miss a trick right right there's right. no missed trick there he's and maybe it's night and one whatever but that that and that was ultimately potentially a reasonably compelling sequence. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I didn't mind that sequence. That that was yeah, that was fine. Um, and I, you know, I kind of I would just wish we were in Leto's head a little bit more because I wanted to know specifically at that moment like what he was planning on doing, which I I I know doesn't make sense for me to be in his head at that point in the movie, but. There needed to be something else. There was something that was missing. I don't know what it was. Well, if you think about Seven, I'll go back to Fincher and what Fincher does. And I, I think you can say the same thing about Zodiac, that mm -hmm. that some of it's about the con it's about the manifestation of the action. So we didn't, this movie wants us to not know if he's guilty or not. So we can't be in his head, I guess, for the movie. Sure, sure, means. sure. Yeah, maybe but, I phrased that wrong. But, but, yeah. but no, I'm saying like that's a legitimate thing to say. So what instead is... We need to see the action. So seven, because it's structured around seven deadly sins, yeah. the actions are horrible, and we see them in a way that's both graphic and it gives us a sense of what we believe's in the head. And I think that right. that's what I want to say. Like I think you're right. right. I think we have to believe we know what's in his head. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we get the chance. It's that that's when yeah, they do, sure in the interrogation room. Mm -hmm. Sure, I saw him responding positively to the pictures, but I didn't have a sense that he got a quote unquote hard on. Like, yeah, I didn't get that either until and 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 I actually had to rewind yeah. to see what Denzel did because uh, at first I was like, wait, did he just grab him? Which is completely you can't. I you should you shouldn't be allowed to do that at all. Um, yeah, especially when you're not on the force, right? Right. Yeah, you don't work for that department, <laughs> <laughs> and you're taking sick days apparently. So this is. This is now really, really weird. Um, 
but yeah, like I, I had to rewind and double. I was like, did he just touch him there? And it was just, I don't know, man. There, there was something that was missing, and it, I don't know if it was just me not understanding Leto's motivation for that character, mm-hmm. um, which again is not Leto's fault in my opinion. That's again, there's this screenwriter director issue. Um, but there was something missing and I'm not sure what it was. Maybe there's a scene that's missing somewhere uh, that got left on the cutting room floor that would have helped. Um, I don't know. We, we, we don't see. So and, and, and like there's so I just think about watching that trailer just now. It's as if everything in that trailer was a note for me to say, wait, this is a plot point we didn't follow through with. Like this is mm-hmm. a thing we talked about, and then we we just say it, and nothing comes of it. Yeah. So there's that girl in the beginning, right, who gets just, chased. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Just now she reappears later. Mm-hmm. Okay. And wacky police business happens, which feels really stupid and awful. Right. Yes. Like it yeah. feels like a huge mistake. It's like another a, one of those coincidental, like. Right. We just need her to see him. And right. And so well, we'll, she's just going to go to the bathroom. Around. And and, yeah. and she'll leave her alone because something else will come up and it right. can't wait. Like nothing can wait in yeah. the world. But, you know, that chase scene in the beginning, that actually had some measure of suspense. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, if this is what we're in for, this could be interesting. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I didn't go back and rewatch it to see the, the what the gate of the person who did it was, which may be a clue, right? Right. But uh, but that that girl then comes back, right? So, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that... Her whole purpose was to... The only reason she's in this film is to get jared leto's character out of that police station yeah you're right that's the only reason yeah. she exists you're, you're right um, and so we have a pre-scene to create some she's a plot point not you a know character. cold open yeah. action right yeah. and i and again i thought that opening scene was pretty compelling that yeah i did too and, and yeah and you know she is in real danger a thing that we can experience in mm-hmm. our world i've driven down the street and i felt uncomfortable about well, a driver yeah right? and i was I was actually thrown for a loop because they were following these tropes and cliches of right. Why are you pulling off the road into an abandoned parking lot with a business whose lights are off? Don't do that. Oh, now you're running through the desert by yourself at night. Don't do that. There's a big truck coming and you're running into the road. I'm like, she going to get slammed by this truck. And she didn't. And then she was fine. I was like, Oh, she didn't die. Right. Great. Where are we headed? Where are we going with this? Like, and, and then all of a sudden, she didn't show up for about an hour and 15 minutes, it feels like. And I completely forgot about her until I was like, what about that girl? And then they showed her. And uh, and then she was just after that, you, you know, she's in one scene and that's it. It's right. a, it just felt like such a waste. Um, when you, she could have been such a, a pivotal piece. Or, or And again, earn, just earn the action. But mm-hmm. she's like a dropped plot point. And I think she that is, we yeah. see that all the time. The you know the, There's the arbitrary visit to his ex-wife, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is supposed to be character developing, but is mostly talked about and we don't see, we, we hear. I thought I it was acted totally really well. That she was in the, I thought yeah. she acted, I thought the acting was really very nice. Mm-hmm. You could feel the tension and all that. Washington's doing his work. The, the actress whose name I don't know, I can look it up. Is, is doing the work, but yeah, that that doesn't materialize the uh, the flow character, the the coroner character. Yeah, um, again, like a dropped ball, like right. like it's you well. Know, and they mention they mention his kids uh, that he should call them, um, mm-hmm. not just with his ex wife, but also with uh, Baxter's wife. Mm-hmm. You know, twice they mention his kids. Right. There should have been 
something, this thread that connects him with his kids at some point in this movie. So that there was a reason to talk about them and not yeah. just to make it so that we thought his relationship... So like part of what they're trying to do, or he's trying to do, is set up a parallel between mm -hmm. uh, Baxter and Deacon, right? So they're mm -hmm. both men who have gotten taken over by the same kind of case, mm -hmm. and one's family is broken, mm -hmm. and Deacon makes this big sacrifice, you know, this cleaner act yeah. to to set, save that family yeah. instead of his, and that's supposed to be redemptive. And they both have way. daughters, and they're they're that's hunting right. murderers who solely kill and like right. leave and naked we, women. Lying we watch around. the wife right. become marginally uncomfortable mm -hmm. about her husband's behavior, and maybe the relationship's breaking up, and all that stuff. You know, th that that matters. That, that's interesting. Whatever. But um, it, it's not it's not sufficient for us to have to know if if we know he has daughters or he has kids he's not spending time with. We have to feel that, not just know it. Yeah, and we sort of feel yeah. it with Rami Malek's character a little bit, but we need to to know it, and and that's something we need to know. Yeah. The other thing is um, the you know uh, we, we I mean it's just drop plot point after drop plot point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's just there's stuff that happens that. I, I just don't, I don't know. It, you know, even just the cliche of like, give me five minutes in his house um, thing. Like you found all of those uh, newspaper articles hidden under floorboards. Um, I don't know. Like there's just a lot of stuff that just, I, I don't know. It felt like, you know what it felt like? All of this felt like a lot of missed opportunity um, to do something a little bit different. And it never manifested itself and so went hang on direction. one second we yeah. have noise no good okay we can keep talking so yeah oh even you know i actually thought that the uh investigation scene with um with the black light when they're going mm -hmm. into that girl's i really thought that was well done that yeah. scene there and, like and there unique, were scenes right? i yeah there were scenes mm -hmm. I, I i liked and i enjoyed but when you put all these scenes together it just didn't it just didn't add up enough for so, me well like the plot revolving around what we really get hit with hard of deacon talks to the dead mm -hmm. and that moment in when the dead are with him in the room but yeah. it, it's never expounded on it, it doesn't become integral right oh, let me tell present. you again another the scene i had to rewind on i was really confused for a second you know when he's he's he stays in this hotel that is clearly a spot for uh prostitution Right. Right. And all of a sudden he's looking at these these three girls who've clearly been murdered hanging on his wall. And then it cuts to a girl down by his feet. Like giving him like a foot massage. I was like, what is he into here for a second? And like, why is he staring? This dude's a freak, man. If he's staring at a bunch of, you know, old case files of women that have been murdered. And then there's some girl like sucking on his toes or something like that's what I, that was my first thought. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is, this took a turn. I was really confused. <laughs> and then I had to go back and double check that the three women who were standing there were the three women on the wall. Yep. And, like it just threw me well, so hard because the editing was off. Like there was right. something that was missing. Um, when it's trying, it, and what it is is right. They're, they're trying to do a thing that you didn't experience mm -hmm. had it been done in a better way you would have experienced yeah. what the director wanted you to yeah. do but I thought you they don't, were I thought right? they were just three prostitutes right. that were out front that were now in his room and they want you to think that but there should be something else 
like it, there's a disconnect right that happened, the disconnect and i don't know what it was work. but yeah we, we saw that cross on the hill several times another yeah. drop plot point and he talks about religion and he says like i'm not the right religion well yes yes yeah he and talks I, about i'm not and in the i know right what church, right? i know what that might be i know what it might be about but we don't talk about it in any way there's no developing it doesn't that land at all story. um this didn't it it felt like a um you know you see the cross on the hill and it felt like morality trying to bring him right, to right. the right thing, but like he doesn't make any decision in this movie that is morally correct, um, which I know is kind of this thing that is subjective depending on who you ask morally what is right and what right, is right. wrong. Yeah, sure. But the general thing here is if you're being a bad cop and, and breaking the law to be a cop to try and catch a murderer, you're going about it the wrong way. We I think every cop show or movie has struggled with you know, if you're going to if you're going to be a cop and you're going to catch the guy, you got to do it right. You know, that is a that is always a thing. Mm -hmm. um, you catch the guy and you do it wrong. That guy then likely walks in those movies. Yeah. Or he goes free in those shows and no different in this. The guy is probably never going to get caught. If it wasn't Leto's character, the guy probably won't get caught um, right. because the two guys who could catch him are either done with it and have gone back north or thought they got him and are never going to speak of this case ever again because the guy's in a hole somewhere in the mountains. Um, so, yeah, it... Yeah, I mean, that... The movie has problems, man. And, and you know, <laughs> the, the key here, too, to me is, so there's this... Um, so there's the, the Barrett resolution at the end of the mm -hmm. piece with that weird... Like, so, missing girl, red Barrett, mm -hmm. um, he doesn't care about the family then he decides he's going to care about the family then he goes to their home he finds out about the barrette like there's all mm -hmm. these things but they don't connect they don't hold together and then he gets the barrette but in if that guy if if yeah. leto isn't the murderer yeah if sparma isn't the mur murderer there are going to be more girls that die this way he, that barrette doesn't solve that problem no 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 yeah yeah it's all it, all it's doing is delaying another mental breakdown by by baxter right all it's doing is just is it's just holding him over for a little bit until another murder pops up and he can then realize that Deke screwed him and and now he has to go and solve this murder again that he thought was already solved. It's going to sink him into an even deeper depression later on. Right or and, a more obsession, right? Uh, more betrayal. obsession, right. Which again, the obsession is the word that I um I want to use cuz to me zodiac is an obsession, right? Right. Zodiac is obsession with. Do you see what? Okay, so we're, guys, if this you're is, you're listening, we're watching the trailer again. Um, just so I can pick the. Plot you can see this. why I thought that she was just well, hanging on to his feet here because she is so low, like her, his toes are are practically in her mouth. But to be clear, too, the <laughs> shadow is what makes it weird. There's it's a, a flashlight. The He's the, the flashlight. He's holding the flashlight. But that's strange. That's that's like visually strange. And then they cut to and then they cut to the wide shot. No one's there. Right. I right. didn't make it that far to the wide shot the first time I watched it. I had to pause. <laughs> um, I was very confused. Yeah, but when you say Rami Malek dug three holes, I just want to stress that there's like 15 holes in the. Ground oh, sorry. No, he dug three holes when Leto was right. with him, and then he dug about 15 more. Um, um, the other, the other. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just as I watch this trailer, it's like thing after thing that's super weird and what for a movie called the little things where we're talking about little things it feels like so many of the little things were missed right uh -huh. yeah. um i i think it's really interesting if you have a guy who talks to people who've died i think that's really interesting but it 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 doesn't go anywhere it just yeah. it gets used as an action yeah and it doesn't manifest in those any way. those women that have already been murdered 
should have shown up in multiple places where Deacons is and he, is when we see them a second time or we see the action a second time mm -hmm. when in that rear view mirror shot that's actually uh -huh. in the trailer yeah but it's very difficult to parse because mm -hmm. it's this little tiny thing and yeah. sure we watched on a, a, a big hd tv like not a tiny hd tv but mm -hmm. on a big screen maybe you would have noticed it more but it just feels like it's it's not there and that's the style of directing and producing right so like we want to call out that a lot of the issues that we're talking about are production issues we we keep hammering about writing because a lot of this sounds like writing and plot mm -hmm. but it really feels to me like they're issues of production whether it's yeah. i mean there's a lot of interesting lighting yeah. but there's also a lot of not interesting lighting right and there's certainly not consistent lighting yeah whereas if we go back again and talk about fincher those movies are are scaled right they're mm -hmm. they're graded in such a way that they they are they're fit together I, I always mm -hmm. talk about like when you're doing audio having a good bed or like if we're doing an interview going and getting room sound mm -hmm. it's like hugely important because that room sound connects your edit right. in whatever you're doing i feel like um color grading does that to a film too right color yeah. grading helps us bind together yeah. uh things i feel like this movie doesn't ever get that sense that the all of it needs to look similar right so it needs to look the way it needs to look for the thing we want you to see yeah so we go up to that room where washington finds that chair knocked over the the whatever it is the, the perch that the guy is in mm -hmm. and that's sort of dark bat lick whatever right we go to the bridge where they're looking over at the crime scene and it looks like wildly it actually looks to me exactly like the first mission impossible there's a scene that <laughs> i felt like like this is like <laughs> looks exactly the same shot um and so that, that's what i would say like sure. I, I don't feel like there was a stylistic core sure i you know i actually feel almost not the opposite of that but i i actually didn't notice the cinematography all that much which i guess is kind of what you want right um i felt like everything actually blended okay they it this is such a it's weird for this movie because it goes from very very bright daylight to very very dark yep. nights and just hops back and forth um there was there was i think two maybe maybe it's this movie i think there were one or two time lapses from day to night or night to day um that i actually really liked that they showed the passing of time there i think one was outside the gentleman's club the uh, the strip club that sparma had walked into um but you know i i um i actually didn't mind the cinematography all that much um it was okay. It, I mean, it's not anything like special or anything like that. Right. But I mean, I think it felt right to me, at least for the for the movie um, and for the story it was telling. Um, and I'd have to go back and watch. I think the color grading a little bit closer to kind of. For for me, it's just about consistency. Yeah. Like I say, I think any individual component was really great. There's that moment when they and it's in the trailer again, mm -hmm. where they walk into the apartment of the the dead girl they're looking at, and the mm -hmm. the fluorescent light clicks on, right. and it looks like a very sort of stylized fluorescent light click. Yeah. But again, that's doesn't doesn't remind me of what I've seen in other parts of the film. Right. Uh, like like the flashlight, oh, like the sure. bright blazing yeah. flashlight. Like I'm right. saying, there's just an the cinematography is good throughout. Mm -hmm. It's inconsistent in a single stylistic core. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and that is an uh, emblematic of the problems we're already talking about. That's why I'm just trying sure. to say. Oh, that no, production. that makes sense now. You I follow get, what I'm saying? saying? Yeah. 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 yeah um, so so yeah, I, I it feels to me like we don't have it's not cohesive. Like in a way, it feels like they've grabbed eight different cinematographers and had them piece different parts of the movies together based on their own view of how this movie should be told. And it doesn't mean it's completely out of whack, but it's enough out of whack that it doesn't feel anchored mm -hmm. um, or it doesn't feel like it's consistent. Um, and 
Right. And that's the same problem we're seeing with plot resolution. It's the same problem we're seeing with music use, like all those yeah. things. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else is there? What else do you want to talk about in this? Because I'm I'm trying to think about other things that we haven't brought up yet, and I'm I'm having a hard time. Yeah. I mean, from my standpoint, we've sort of talked about the bulk of the film. There you know, we usually break things down into components and talk about them. And I think mm -hmm. we've done some of that around the edges. I, I'm, I don't think this is a bad film. Yeah. You follow no, me? I get you. Yeah. Um, it feels like an HBO movie. This like, is a, look, this like, is a perfectly mediocre movie to watch. That's right. You know, it, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't have the, you know, the strength of a, of other films we've watched and talked about that we both like more and we respect more. Yeah. But this film isn't a failure. It's no. just full of problems. Yeah. And those problems are based around the fact that I think it it's trying to well, it's echoing other works that are better. Yeah. Right. It doesn't it's not able to stand on its own because it's trying to replicate other work. That is definitely that is definitely better, more precise, more polished. And it doesn't feel like this is an original voice it feels like somebody's trying to read another work right in a different accent right yeah right or or try and speak a different message from that mm -hmm. work but mm -hmm. the message can't hang in that other right. work it doesn't it doesn't right. happen we we yeah. need cl we don't need clarity we can have ambiguity we i mean it's okay to do that it just feels like the ambiguity wasn't earned, wasn't clear. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, uh, which I, guess I literally it. wrote in my letterbox review, it feels like Hancock is trying to walk in the footsteps of Seven and Zodiac, but instead needs to find his own voice. Like it just feels yeah. like he doesn't have his own voice. Uh, and you know, I don't know if you've seen any of the other works from him. I've seen a handful from him. And I'm going to be honest, like they're all very fairly mediocre movies in my opinion. So I don't know if Hancock has what it takes to make something at, at the caliber of Fincher. Um, right. I mean, this is, this is very like noir crime, psychological thriller that Fincher's done twice and has done exceptionally well. Right. Um, so if you are planning on making a film like that, you got to go the opposite direction of Fincher because you know, the second that, anybody even gets a whiff of Fincher, they're going to be comparing it. We've done it the whole, the whole time we've right. been reviewing. We're like, this is very Fincher-esque, but it doesn't, it's not able to live up to that. Um, so you got to go in a completely different direction and find your own voice if you're going to do something right. um, that is, is remotely close to two movies that have been really good and really successful um, in the last 20 years by a director who just completely keeps knocking it out of the park yeah and, and it's and i'm looking through his filmography now which i wasn't even thinking about and i you know they're not films that i really enjoy to be completely honest yeah um yeah so. you're, you're talking um the founder the blind side saving mr banks right uh the highwayman the rookie the alamo and mr harrigan's phone now i've only seen saving mr banks and the blind side and i haven't heard great things about the highwayman right um and the rookie is um Oh, that that's baseball movie, right? Um, all the way back, Dennis Quaid. Uh, right. I mean, I mean, they're they're you know, you look on the reviews on Letterboxd here, all of them have an average of three stars. Um, right. All of them are are landing right in that mediocre kind of like nah, this is an all right movie. Actually, the little things is at two point six, um, which is his second lowest rated movie next to. Uh, uh, let's see. I think the Alamo. 
This is on Letterboxd, so if you might be looking at IMDb, it might be a little bit different. Yeah, IMDb has it rated up at 6.3, which is actually in the middle, but mm-hmm. it it's leading with the reviews from... Um, uh, so that's, like I mean, that's holding, stuff. that's holding on Letterboxd, right? Because Letterboxd is a five-star rating. IMDb is a 10-star rating. So it's about the same. Yeah. yeah, it's about the same there. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're okay. I mean, they're okay movies. You might enjoy this if you really like psychological crime thrillers. Yeah. Watch the movie. Like, absolutely. Don't, don't not watch this movie, especially if you have HBO max and it's going to be on for the next, you know, couple days yeah absolutely watch it it's it's yeah. and it's worth it i would say it's worth watching on hbo max i would definitively not tell people to go to a theater and spend money on this yeah absolutely i i think again i said in my real review i said i'm just thrilled that this is on hbo max and i didn't have to spend money to go to the theater um which normally you and i are both very like even if the movie's like okay it's normally you and i are saying like yeah I'll go to the theater watch this it's going to benefit you to watch it on a big screen it's going to benefit you to see it with bigger better sound this movie to me does not matter. No, I think I think you're absolutely right, and and, and you know I again I like the acting uh, and like it more than you did. I think Leto's, I mean he's nominated for what a uh, uh, as it Screen Actors Guild and Golden Globe. He's nominated for this oh, role, yeah. yeah. Um, and Good. and so like he deserves it because the he work does, is yeah. the work is really interesting, yeah. Um, but the the film around him doesn't support what the director i think or in the writer is trying to say with that character yeah um and you know we as viewers like it's there's so many interesting things to say about this like because we as viewers immediately sort of distrust that character and we think he's guilty so you could the other thing the film could have capitalized on is really pushing that angle right and so that what appears to have been an underlying theme so that we and so that Malik and uh, the audience is traveling the same journey of distrust, mm-hmm. but I don't think that happens either. Mm-mm. I think Malik is. We don't see that transition, or we're not aware of it in a way that it feels like it's happening with us, and it's partly because we're changing perspective and we're moving from Deacons to Baxter back and forth. Yeah, and so we're not, as you say, in the mind of. I think the same thing. We're not in the mind of those two guys either. Right. There's no cohesive. Uh mindset that we're just locked into there's no perspective that we're locked right into. that's great words that's we keep we keep switching back and forth uh and and it feels like we're teetering on the edge of even leto's uh sparma's mindset right of, right. of his perspective um we get a mix of everybody the 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 camera is this omnipresent person that can kind of feel like they can see into the minds of everybody yeah. and that's maybe where the uh where it fails the most, I think, in the cinematography, in the music, in uh, in in the um, direction, like all those places, um, not giving us a perspective to stick to. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it would have been even better if they made it feel like we were just following them. If we were a third character on this in journey this with them, it mm-hmm. would have been better. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I, you know, and there, you can see that there are little efforts to maybe do that when that scene that you liked with the blue light, right? Where they're, mm-hmm. and, and we sort of have that body exposed to us. That's, yeah. but one of the things that, again, referencing seven, we see things in seven that we can't unsee. Mm-hmm. Here, I don't feel like I saw mm-hmm. it sufficiently to not unsee it. Oh, yeah. That, so, th- I mean, even you talk about seven, and I mean, the, what is the first sin? Uh, gluttony. That is that is in my brain, mm-hmm. you know, and I think most of it's in silhouette. Yeah, and it's still like in well, and, in my brain. And to say about this film, I think like the little things. One of the things that we struggle with is 
uh, again, the characters are all trying to look away from the murderers, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe the camera is echoing that, but it's not clear enough as yeah, a cinematic choice. It doesn't choice. convince me that they're trying to do that. Right. I, I don't feel like that's... I, I can understand intellectually now that I'm talking about it. Mm -hmm. That's probably what would happen. But but from my experience of the film, that may, is not what I experienced while I watched it. Yeah. And that would have been powerful too if mm -hmm. I understood their the difficulty of them looking at the crime. Normally really you and I come out of the theater and we talk about this movie and then we have a lot of moments of clarity on what they were trying to do. But in this movie, I still, you know, we've talked about it. I still don't understand exactly what purpose was for doing certain things and why they missed out on these opportunities. And so it makes me wonder if they actually had very minimal like direction and thought process as to what they were trying to do. And they were just trying to make something rather than tell something that's a little bit deeper than just this surface level story and and the opposite can be just as true that they had a deep level and they just threw everything at it right mm -hmm. um and that's why i you know i see so many unresolved or unaddressed mm -hmm. issues in the plot or or and it's just too much i i yeah. i i i need yeah. to they I, needed to simplify they needed to simplify and they didn't right streamline like i, th I think you're mm -hmm. right that's and it doesn't mean make it simple mm -hmm. right, right? Right, and we want right. to. I want to. Don't want people to think like we're saying. Oh, it needs to be an easy action film. Not at right. all. No. Yeah. Um. I, I just think it needs to. It. It needed to earn yeah. its story, and yeah. instead, it just keeps giving us things to say it earned the story. Right. It felt. You know what it felt like. J, so J.J. Abrams has this mystery box that he calls right. his mystery box. It felt like they just kept opening mystery box after mystery box after mystery box. It could be a little line of dialogue, or it could be something like for for uh, instance the one thing they did answer was the keychain the bullet right that was the one thing that i was like thank you god that you answered that but there was a lot of different things lines little items things like that that they never resolved and it just felt like mystery box after mystery box being opened yeah and to be clear that that freaking keychain is in the trailer <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> like it literally yeah. they give yeah. that i mean if you the trailer gives everything away yeah um, you may right. not realize it when you're watching it for the first time without seeing the movie, but you watch the movie and you watch this trailer. You're like, I just saw the whole movie. There's so many images in that trailer from the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. Which means, which means that didn't matter. Like it didn't matter that we saw them in the trailer right? because they give away, like if you really think about it and I didn't watch the trailer beforehand I, either. Yeah, yeah. If I'd seen that trailer, I would have known what was coming. Mm-hmm. The only thing I wouldn't have known was the shovel hit. Everything else I would have known. Yeah. That's, there's Everything something else. wrong with that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's wrap up. Let's, let's all right. wrap well, up. Well, you know, I, I mean, we've already kind of said what we think you should do. I think we should, you know, we both agree that you should watch this on HBO Max before it leaves February 28th. We're sure it'll be back at some point. But uh, yeah, check out Jared Leto's acting. If nothing else, like if nothing yeah. else, it's worth watching. That it's worth watching for for his acting. He doesn't come in until what an hour into the He's movie. So deep in the movie, yeah. This is a two hour and seven minute film. He comes in probably around the hour mark. Yeah. Uh, but that hour that he's in it is really enjoyable to watch. Uh, yeah, it's really at least at least for me, I like watching him work. Uh, it's good stuff. But other than that. It's a perfectly mediocre movie that you can totally watch and enjoy. <laughs> Just shut your brain off. Don't think about it too hard. Would you agree with that? Well, well I mean, there's too many things to think about. And if you think about them, they're not going to resolve. So, right. right, save yourself the trouble and just yeah. enjoy the just enjoy story the and the, yeah. the actors and yeah. just whatever. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, you know, there's 
there's a lot of stuff on streaming now. So if there's a particular movie that you want us to watch and review, please let us know. Send us a DM or an email. Uh, you can find us at Racking Focus Podcast on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at, at PodFocus. And you can send us an email at RackingFocusPod at gmail.com. Yeah, and uh, we are super excited that you are uh, here with us. And we want to say that, you know, our letterboxed reviews are certainly worth reading. And we do many more than we do here on uh, the podcast. And we're going to be playing around with uh, an app called Stereo 2 in the near future. So uh, you can check out both our website or, or you know, uh, go to Stereo and look for us. Um, I'm John C. Doyle the third on Stereo stereo because i'm Sounds so regal I, I just tried to be it as, as simple as i can because i'm living i'm doing too many services there so i didn't want to sure. make it confusing um and i don't know what your handle i'm just is josiah on. blizzard there you go yeah, so good uh, we yeah. use regular names we'll leave like a, a the link or something to our stereo right. in the uh show notes or something in the and, description and you can here. follow and, and we're going to start to do some uh work on there uh in, in between these podcasts so uh so there you go thanks so much for listening we'll catch you later yeah great all right yeah. bye we'll see you bye Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.